Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I will be interviewing Rabbi David Eliezri Shliach to Your Belinda, California, on the topic of his new book, The Secret of Chaban, Inside the World's Most Successful Jewish Movement. I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more atzlach in their shluchas. My pleasure. I would like to begin by thanking our sponsors, Sotman Jewelers, The Smetana Group, Gift Card Zen, and Ohana Pay. Thank you for making the podcast available to all shluchim. So let's get right to it. The new book that you wrote is a fantastic book. It's an amazing book, reading the book and seeing how you were able to, to go through such a, a topic as a shliach in such a tasteful way that uh, is appealing to, to everyone and really puts Chabad in, in such a high light, but again, done in a way which is um, objective and uh, done with, as, as you can see, with a lot of research and so on, uh, a lot of credibility. It's, uh, I feel that this is a, a tremendous tool for Shluchim to give out to Balabatim. And I've, I've actually heard stories myself of Shluchim who have given this to the people in their community, and it was a big eye-opener for them. And it even brought in, in one case I know for sure, a, a very, very large donation because the person said they read this book and now they get Chabad and they get them. So um, I just wonder if we could just start with the, with the basics and then talking more about the book. Um, if you could share what inspired you to write this book. What inspired me originally was a reaction, really, to how people view Chabad, we're looking at Chabad, basically historians of two kinds, both the more religious and the more secular. And this really, this odyssey began over 10 years ago, and Chabad's position at that point was different. And I felt that, that people didn't really get us, and they really didn't uh, understand us. And we also, and the, but the process of writing caused me uh, to ask myself questions about understanding shlichas that I never thought I would ask myself. Right. I mean, it's interesting how it even as a shliach, it even opens up our own eyes to to to, 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 we, to we, see we things, things that we did, we ourselves had no no idea about. Right. Because what was happening? We, first thing, there's a few points here. Number one, we do things intuitively; we don't think into them. Secondly, I made myself a personal tradition, a minig at the Kinsa Shluchim, that number one, I would never sit with Shluchim from California because I can see them the whole year, and number two, I would try to spend time with older Shluchim, who had a, a different personal intimacy with the Rebbe that was not necessarily available for those of the later years. And so I got, so to speak, the Torah Balpeh of many of these elder Shluchim. And I felt it was a very intriguing story. And I don't think uh, people understand the difficulties and the challenges and the Rebbe's struggles he had with his own chassidim, his own people to get along with his agenda. And, and, and the, I mean, a lot of people now talk about, and they know shlichus was difficult, but it was a lot more difficult than it was then than it is today. And to understand that history, where we're coming from, can also enlighten us to where we're going. Yeah, if I could ask a, a practical question, I mean, I mean there's been a, amazing feedback from shluchim um, and uh, respected Hasidim about the book, meaning people who read it, I've only heard positive things about the book. And, uh, and from well, we need a little negative, members themselves have read it. Somebody's got to disagree a little bit, you know what I mean? No, 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 no. But I'm being, this, is, this, is, this is my experience. And, but at the same time, I, I feel that there is a hesitation when it comes to giving someone a book. You know, you're a Chabad rabbi. You're giving someone a book called The Secret of Chabad. It's, it is, I, I think that uh, even, even myself, it was a time that I had a reservation to give it to some people because I felt like I'm, I'm tooting my own horn, so to say. Yeah, I want but, to tell you something. This has been very interesting because I'm now traveling around and speaking at different Chabad houses and even non-Chabad institutions. And I run a Chabad house, and I know what it is to run programs, and it's hard to sell yourself. 
But the intriguing thing is, is that people are involved with Chabad, and there's a degree of mystery. They want to understand deeper what it is. So what you're really doing is that you're sharing your inner life with the people that care about you, and you've made a profound impact in their lives. So I think once you get over your emotional fears, which are basically maybe uh, maybe some people are a little insecure about it, et cetera, et cetera, I think what it really does is opens a window to people who are, they are supporters, they are our partners, that we've had a major impact in their lives, and they want to know what makes us tick. And what this book really does is helps them understand what makes us tick. And so, therefore, I think it has a great value. So if you could share, for, for those who haven't read the book, could you touch upon some of the points that this book um, uncovers and why it would be a good idea for a shliach to give this to someone in their community? Well, I, I think they should give it because, as what I said before, it helps them make them tick. But there is here, there, there's, there's a broad canvas over here, which is now part of the book is historical, which goes into the understanding the history of Chabad, because if you understand that history, you also understand where you're coming today. For instance, there's a chapter in the book called The Great Escape, which talks about how almost a th- around 1,000 Hasidim escaped Russia in 1946 and 47 on false Polish passports. Most of the, the children of those Hasidim and some of those younger kids who escaped in that great escape became the soldiers in the Rebbe's army. And I think that, that you can't understand the Messias Nefesh of Shluchim if you don't understand that it's a product of the Messias Nefesh of Jews standing up to communist Russia. And then you have the business model of Chabad, which is one of entrepreneurship. You know, the whole Jewish world is running with boards of directors, and, and so many of the rabbis in these synagogues and temples are suffering from being stifled in their creativity, not being able to go. And we are a culture of creativity, of pushing the edge of the envelope, of thinking for ourselves, of taking ownership, and there's a whole conversation about that. On a deeper level, there's, for instance, a chapter in the book, which I think is important for Lubavitcher to read. It's called the Yeshiva, which talks about the philosophy of Tom Chitmimim, and what the book does argue is that somebody who lived through two great mashbim, Shlomo Chaim Kesselman and Ramendel Futtafatz, and I, I talk about them and their differences, which are very profound, which I think they represent the change of Chabad internally from, uh, from a community focused on Aveda and, and basically living life as a chassid to a community that takes responsibility for Jewish destiny. And there's this switch going on. And Shlomo Chaim represents one generation, and Ramendel represents the other. And I think it's very intriguing to, for us to begin to comprehend the transformations in our own community, and it'll begin cause us to think about what we are part of. And for the person from the outside looking in, they're saying, wow, that's really the story? And, and, and when you tell them it was your grandfather or your great-grandfather that was in Russia, and et cetera, et cetera, there is, and, th- and most importantly, and I think this is the most, is comes through here the remarkable ideas, Weltschung, worldview of the Rebbe, which is revolutionary in many ways, and basically takes this tiny little group of people, and let's be honest, Chabad in 1950, and if you go back further to, to when the Friedrich Rebbe came here, in Tafshin was a tiny group of campers. It was very few people. And today... Everybody in the Jewish world is standing in awe. Why are we succeeding? And they all want to know. People really want to understand it. I mean, I had recently an invitation that really shocked me. Wilshire Boulevard Temple is the largest Reformed temple in California. The, the head rabbi there is Reformed Rabbi Stephen Leder raised $150 million to rebuild his two campuses. He asked me to come speak to the rabbis and the Rebetzins and the Cantors and the Cantorites and all the, the, the staff of 10, the clergy staff 
about what is the secret of Chabad. It was a private meeting, closed door, very blunt, very honest, real conversation. I didn't look for the invitation. He asked me to come to speak to them. And and the, and at the end of the day, everybody wants to know why we're succeeding when the rest of the Jewish world is seriously challenged. And I think that for that reason, the book is opens the window, so to speak. And listen, let's not un- underestimate. The, there's been other magnificent books. Joseph Tolushkin's book, I think, is stunning. I bought many, many copies and gave it to Balabatim. I think Steinzel's book was a, is, was an, a, a wonderful kind of internal, kind of in, personal kind of memoir of the Rebbe, which was really remarkable. And there was others also that were very good. So my book is not a monopoly. Uh, there's other wonderful books that have been written. But I think what the secret of Chabad does is it makes the Balabas understand what makes that shliach tick, what makes you tick. And then he's going to be your partner even stronger. I think the beautiful thing is, is that you yourself as a shliach with your own Chabad house are not just writing the book in a way that, you know, just for um, uh, sensational reasons. And you, you, you write it with the, with the sensitivity of a shliach who knows what it means to, uh, um, to, to, to try to communicate the idea that we're all trying to communicate in our Chabad houses with our Balabat. The, the struggle in writing the book is, you know, I was interviewed a few weeks ago by Sue Fishkoff who wrote The Rebbe's Army. Who's a, who's a friend and actually helped me a little bit in the writing of my book. And Sue starts the interview. He says, I wrote as an outsider looking in, and you wrote as an insider looking out. The tension in the book is that I do understand the inner lives of Shluchim, because I've lived it. I've lived it for 40 years. I've raised children on Shluchas. I'm now raising grandchildren on Shluchas. And let me tell you, and, and so there, there, I, I, I hope this duchgelebt. The, the internal tension in writing the book is to be as open as possible and to be sensitive and to be sensitive and to and to really share what makes us tick in our inner lives and our history and our worldview and what are the ideas standing behind Chabad and the Rebbe's unique perspective in the world in a way which is easy for people to understand. It also has a degree of honesty. And I think it's also important to understand that this is different than other books. Many people write books about Chassidim and Chassidish and Mises, and there's an old story, you know, every story, if you hear, if it's a story of the Baal Shem Tov, if you believe, if you believe every story, you're not because, if you can't believe it, if you don't believe it could have happened, you're, you're not believing the stories of the Baal Shem Tov. Everything in this book is sourced. There's 80 pages of endnotes. Because I track down every story to the best of my ability. Maybe there's some level of inaccuracy here and there. But there, this book is also being respected by academic scholars and people who are serious scholars in the Jewish world who are impressed by the level of, of, of supportive documentation which is behind the assertions about very many powerful ideas within the book. So the book has, so to speak, stand the scrutiny, and beyond that, something amazing happened. They just announced a week and a half, two weeks ago, the National Jewish Book Awards, and there's thousands of Jewish books published a year, and I didn't win the book awards. That was written, won by Jonathan Sachs, but I was the, our book, this book was the finalist. This was the number two, which is a remark. A Lubavitcher went to Tomchitimim, didn't go to college, writes a book, and becomes the finalist of the National Jewish Book Awards. That's something very unusual, and that shows how the book is having traction in the broader Jewish community. I think you, you, know, you touch upon um, something earlier, and I just want to talk about that. When you when you write about the idea how the rest, or when you talk about the fact that the that the rest of the the, the Jewish world is declining and Chabad is is uh, is growing, 
Um, and let's say you're giving this to someone who is reform. Maybe it's even a reform rabbi or, or a conservative rabbi. Are you comfortable giving it to them? Um, my understanding is, one second, one second. I understand you are because, because it's, again, I, I've seen in the book myself the way you document things and you share in a very tasteful and respectful way, which I think it, it, it's, it's almost like you're writing it as an outsider because you're writing it to, so objective, even though you're an insider. Yeah, but, but I want to hear, would you be comfortable giving it to someone like that? Not only that, I gave, I gave advanced copies to very prominent Reform and Conservative rabbis. And astonishingly enough, last week, the head of the conservative movement, underneath his personal name, wrote a, a lauding review on Amazon. He had an advanced copy. On the, he had an, before the book was published, I sent it to him. He wrote, and I didn't ask him for the review. He wrote a review on Amazon that was a beautiful review. I didn't ask him to write it. I was, I was quite surprised he did it. A long review, maybe 10, 15 paragraphs, one of the longest reviews on Amazon about the book. It was his decision to write the review. And he wrote the book in, in, in a very positive, upbeat, upbeat kind of way. So if we have leaders of these movements already writing reviews on the book, which is quite unbelievable, uh, unsolicited uh, uh, then I think that we're doing pretty good. Right. An- another I think practical fear. question. See, I, I, I want to I say something else also. It's time for us to be big kids. Honesty is the best policy on a lot of different kinds of issues. And one of the book issues I studied, studied and struggled with in the book is the issue of Zionism. And I tried to lay out honestly Lubavitchita in a truthful kind of fashion. And I think when you tell the story as it is in a respectful way and you explain it, people are only going to walk away with a sense of respect for who you are because you're also being intellectually honest with people. And that's another thing this book endeavored to do. It tried to be intellectually honest. And I think people see that. And I think that's what invokes the respect from many people on the, who are not involved with Chabad. One of the, uh, Larry Schiffman, one of the, uh, many people know his name, one of the most eminent scholars in, the, in, in, Jew, in Jewish academics in America, called me last week and sent me an email and said, the book's magnificent. So when you get people like a Larry Schiffman and these kinds of people to say the book has value, and there's also many people quoted in the book who are serious academics, and that is another thing that makes it so different than any other book written by Lubavitcher, because most Lubavitcher books are very parochial, very narrow, and they just see the world in a very kind of small lens. What I attempted to do in this book was to see it a lot bigger and bring many voices to the table who are not necessarily voices from our community, how they view us. And also the interview process with some of these academics who are outside of Chabad and even outside of the traditional Jewish world gave me a better understanding and the ability to write that, those chapters which, which needed a broader perspective because I struggled with this as an insider writing with a broader perspective. Right. Another practical question, um, the funding of, of all of our Chabad houses are, are critical to us on a day-to-day basis. And um, when you're giving a, a book um, to a supporter, there's a, there's a th- thought somewhere in your mind that you, you hope that this is only going to encourage them to, to continue their support or increase their support. Um, do you feel, and, and what is your experiences yourself with, with giving this book to I people mean, in your I own mean, community? I, I didn't just give my book. When Sue Fishkoff's book came out, about 200 copies, and I gave it, that was 10 years ago, I gave out Sue's book. When Joseph Telushkin's book came out, I bought dozens of copies and gave it out to all my major supporters. I have a believer. First thing, we need to give something back to our Balabatim that they're going to retain. 
Now, are they going to re- re- read the whole book? I don't know. But maybe 2 o'clock in the morning when they're sitting in the house and they're drinking, eating the Rocky Road ice cream, the chances they open the book and read a chapter are there. And it's going to gain an appreciation. It's going to lay around the house. It's going to be transformational. I'll tell you an amazing story. The great Jewish sociologist of the 20th century was a man called Marshall Sclair. He was one of the champions of the conservative movement. And he was given in 1966 in the Lubavitch Yeshiva and an English copy of Tanya. His son read the book. And because he read the Tanya, he became a Frum Yid. And today, Marshall Sclair, who was the champion of Jewish sociology, who wrote at the time, by the way, that orthodoxy was a case study in institutional decay, and he was a big champion of the conservative movement, has today many grandchildren who are Shemitari Mitzvahs. Why? Because he read, a, he read the Tanya. I don't want to compare in any way, shape, or form my book to the Tanya, but the fact of the matter is when you bring a book into somebody's home, it's there as a permanent gift. It's going to be there. And I think that the investment is worth the money, and I've been pushing the publisher. You know, I, I did not ask Tavi to call me up and do this interview today. This was his initiative. But I have just finished a major negotiation with a publisher, so Shluchim today can get the book for $18 for one case, 17 for above, and 16.50 for five cases and more. And you've got to go to Toby Press, T-O-B-Y Press, forward slash Chabad. It takes you to an internal website, which includes free shipping in the United States and Canada and competitive rates in Europe. So, tobypress.com, T-O-B-Y-Press.com, forward slash Chabad. And I, the point is like this. You figure like this. A case of book is going to cost you three, $400. You're going to give it to, there's a case that's 24 copies. You're going to give it to 24 Balabatim. If one guy gives you 1800 bucks, you just made your money back multiple times over. And um, it, 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 it's interesting to me because I thought it would be difficult to get crowds to come listen to the story. And as I'm traveling around, people are coming out because they want to know the story about the thing which is so important in their lives. Chabad is important to them. They're supporting it. They're going to it. They're learning from it. They're participating in JLI. They're going on trips to Israel, like the trip that JLI is putting on. The kids are going to college campuses, and their kids are involved with Chabad. They want to know, what, who are we really? Because there's this mystery about us. And that mystery goes away after they read the book. And I think that has a great value. So I just want to mention what you, the two things. First of all, what you mentioned earlier about, about giving someone a book and the power of it, I think just to, in, in my own words, that what I would say is that every single one of us, shluchim, are inspired by the Rebbe and by the Rebbe's teachings and the sikhs that we continue to learn and the Maimara we continue to learn. And without that, we don't have fuel. This is the fuel, and the Rebbe said it many times. You want to be connected to me, you, you learn my sikhs, you learn my Maimara. So it's the same thing. If, you want to, if we want to have a positive effect, if we want to influence people in our communities, we have to give them books. Meaning literally, meaning at, at whatever the books are. There are By the way, many, not many the books only good there, book to give to people. There's many other wonderful books to be given. But also. that's not, no, 100%. But we're talking about this book right now. And if we want people to understand Chabad and what we stand for and so on, this is a tremendous book. And when they read it, they, it will affect their lives. They, people are reading books all the time, books that are, that, 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 that are not making their lives any better, that are not taking them anywhere. And this is a book that actually could, could transform someone's Yiddish guide, and it will. It, so that's number one. Number two, if I add, transform the relationship with the shliach, because they're going to understand now. For instance, let's let's talk about this simple business issue. Not all of them understand that the shliach has to raise all of his money. They still live in this little fantasy that this money is flowing from Brooklyn, and it isn't that way. And they don't understand that it's make or break, and they don't understand the, the, the stresses. There's a chapter in the book called Balancing on the High Wire. It's really a chapter about our inner lives. 
how we live in this dichotomous kind of world where we live one way and everybody around in the society that surrounds us, the people that we interact with every day, the people that are like the, the thing that the people we see every day, they live according, in a different society. So we're living in a kind of schizophrenic kind of existence. We're living as Sidim in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is really something which is very incongruous. So the book has a chapter on this subject. And suddenly the guy reads the book and says, now I get this problem. He's ra- he has kids that he's raising here. And, and he gets, he, the person is going to understand what you're going through. What is your struggle? What is your angst? And they're going to have a greater respect for you because of that. And having honesty about the, these issues is only going to bring out more appreciation of who you are. When they, under, they, don't, they think, oh, the guy took a job in Flagstaff. And really, Flagstaff, Arizona is like the most exciting place to go to in the universe. And he, then they realize that this is an appointment for life. This is, as George Rohr says in the book, not a resume building uh, stop on the way to Scarsdale or something like this. That you have to raise all your money, that you're an entrepreneur, that you've got to find a way to educate your kids. And you may not have a school in, 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 in Flagstaff, so now you've got to homeschool the kids, which is a challenging thing to do. You've got to, you don't have friends because the people that share your personal values, other them, they don't live in Flagstaff. You've got to drive all the way to Phoenix if you want to get a kosher pizza. So they now begin to understand your inner life, and when you come to them and say, I'm trying to do something to change this community, they say, ah, you're really sacrificing something for this. And they're walking out with a different kind of understanding what makes you tea. And the next thing they understand is the, is the shluchas, because they understand how the women here, and one of the things I struggled with in the book was to bring women front and center. Somebody suggested to me at one point that I should write a chapter on women, and I, I, I actually a friend of mine, a conservative rabbi, suggested that. And I re- decided to instead to try throughout the book to show the crucial leadership role of women, and in many places in the book women take a very strong leadership role, to show how that's important. And they walk out understanding what the role of women in Chabad is, which is something very uh, powerful. I mean, I joke around and I tell people Chabad is the only egalitarian Jewish organization. We have a convention for the rabbis. We have a convention for the Rebetzins. And when the Rebetzins are in convention, there's thousands of rabbis sitting at home going crazy taking care of the kids, hoping Department of Social Services doesn't come to visit. But the fact is, you know, we're the only egalitarian. And and they suddenly change their worldview about how what we're doing in their communities, and they understand why we're there, what we're trying to achieve, and that we're here for the long haul. That we're not, this is not a job. This is not a resume-building opportunity. We're there to fundamentally change Yiddishkeit. We're there to do something which is ch- impact. We're, there for, we're willing to have Mr. Nefesh for them, and that's something that really blows their mind. Yep, and uh, what I said earlier about um, th- that 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 the book has an opportunity to, to change their Yiddish guide. It's a simple thing. If someone is more involved in your Chabad house, the Chabad house is probably o- the only link to, to, to real Yiddish guide that these people have in all of our communities, wherever we're shluchim. And giving them this book, if that's, if that's what's going to help them get more involved and become bigger supporters of, of, of each, of, each of our Chabad houses, this will, this is, this is a chance that they'll get more involved in the Yiddish guide. It's a and simple, I, it's a and simple I equation. Exactly what you said before. Wait, 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 wait one other thing. Okay, go. No, you said about the reform conservative rabbis giving the book. I think that they read it. They're also struggling to understand us because they're befuddled. They're having big challenges, and we're succeeding, and they don't understand why. And I think they themselves will have a greater appreciation of us if they read the book, and it's going to change the dynamics of our relationship with them and lower the tensions, which are much better than they used to be in many communities. But I think that they're going right. to understand us and appreciate us much better. 
Beautiful. Uh, another idea that I just want to share for Shluchim listening is that um, I found that if you handwrite a nice note, and the longer the better, in the front cover of a book, and you give it to someone, there's a much, much higher chance that they're going to read the book. If you just give the book to someone, they're probably going to put it on their shelf. If you take a minute or two and you write a nice note to them, and again, the longer the better, there's a very big chance that they're actually going to read the book. So I just want to hear if there's any last thoughts that you want to share with Shluchim, a things. quick thought I, I, on the topic. There's a, there's a mishigas that people have, which I've never done in my life, but they, everybody wants you to sign the book. So if a shliach has somebody they want me to write an inscription to, please tell me. I'll be glad to call me up, send me an email, rabbiocjewish.com. I'll be glad to facilitate if I can help a guy out um, to write something personal. In fact, I gave a book to my son-in-law to give to a very large gavir in San Francisco, and I wrote the inscription to him, thank you for helping my children. And, uh, or being my, and I gave a book out just at the end of the year. I gave a bunch of the books to my key supporters. And one, I called up one of them a couple of days ago to get his annual donation, his annual gift. He says, I was very touched with what you wrote in the book. I wrote a long personal thing to him that he's my partner in building Yiddishkeit, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that what Dovey suggested about writing personal inscriptions is very important. And if for some reason somebody has this mishugas, and I personally have never gone to anybody to sign books, but everybody wants you to sign the books. So I'll be glad to do that to help with that, if that's going to help somehow in my sit or something like that. And also to come, if somebody wants to come to me to talk about the book and about what makes us tick, um, that's something which is happening now all the time, and I'm traveling around a lot. I'm not doing this forever. This is going to go on for 18 months, and I'm stopping it. But it, the book, at the end of the day, it tells your balabatim, your story. And I, I want to tell you something. Dovey called me today, and he says to me he wants to do some interview with me. He did not tell me the topic until I got on the phone. So this was his idea. So uh, I appreciate it very much because I think at the end of the day that this book will transform the lives. And Shluchim can get bulk sales. This was just arranged with the, with the publisher in the last two weeks. You go to tobypress.com forward slash Chabad. You will be able to, you'll be brought to the discount page to order books. If somebody has a problem with the order, there was a shliach now in South Africa, about a few hundred. He contacted me. I connected to the publisher. They facilitated it. Need a little logistical issues. Give me a call or a phone call or send me an email, and I'll be glad to get hold of the publisher. I didn't publish the book. They did. They're the ones who sell it, not me. But we'll be glad to try to facilitate that, and uh, they'll have a delivery anywhere in the world. If somebody does want to reach you, either for speaking or for, um, can, for I'll tell you, they can talk about the books. What's the best number? The best number is seven one four. Six one two six two five three. The email is rabbi at oc like Orange County Jewish dot com, and uh, I'll be glad to help them out. That's something I can do to help. Okay, out. great. I will also I will also include um, the information, all the info you mentioned, and links and all in the email itself and the podcast email that goes out. So thank you, Rabbi Eliezri, for sharing with Shluchim about your new book, The Secret of Chabad, Inside the World's Most Successful Jewish Movement. We really appreciate your time. Okay, thank you very much. I, I want to finish with just one little caveat. I was struggling with what to name the book. I had a lot of different titles and names. And I was sat down one afternoon with Dennis Prager at his house, and we're talking about the book and what to do and this and that, and Dennis is an old friend. And, and I interviewed him officially for the book, and, and so he, I, he says to me, you should call the book. He says, listen, when Joseph wrote his book, his best friend is Joseph Telushkin, I told him the most influential rabbi of the 20th century, so that's what he called him. He says, you should write the most successful movement, most successful, uh, Jew, the, inside the world's most successful Jewish movement. I thought this was a bit of audacious thing to do. It was like chutzpah. No, he says, no, you've got to do it because it's the truth. 
and nobody has said a word. We are the most successful Jewish movement. And people need to understand that the Rebbe has revolutionized Jewish life around the world. We are his shluchim, and I, and I think that this book will help understand and appreciate that even more. Beautiful. This is Dovi Shapiro, and if you have an idea for a shliach to interview next who is successful in a specific area, please let me know. Email me the shliach and what I could interview them about. You can also check out our website, shluchimpodcast.com, for all previous podcasts. Make it a great week.